0: Chris, a dating doc here, and this entire podcast is dedicated to how the coronavirus has affected online dating. I've got some great tips and insights on how to navigate online dating during this pandemic. Stay tuned. So for those that are loyal listeners, uh, man, it seems like my dog's at it again. This portion here, this section of the podcast, I'm actually doing last um, because you're gonna hear it first. (laughs) On cue, on cue, my dog decides to uh, outside. I let her outside in the morning so she can uh, do her one and two. She decides to just start barking at random neighbors because my my um, house sits on a cul de sac and the fence is facing the a street a road that uh, cars go up and down runners bikers cyclists etc etc so you're gonna hear her throughout the uh, podcast a couple of times a couple of times don't worry it's not going to totally uh, distract you background music is going to help cover it up a little bit but something magical it's like that law of attraction right that you know the vibrations and life's uh, equations and formula where when I hop on to do a podcast, my dog is up to no good. You know, just whether she's loudly eating when I first started doing my 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 episode that that's happened with these uh, last couple episodes. Uh, and if you can pick up on it, if you can actually pick up on the on the minute and second timer of when she's eating food. Uh, contact me. It would be interesting. If, if if you can hear her eating, let me know. And I got something for you. I, I promise I do. Uh, I, I want to see if, if that's, you know, if, if that is that much of a distraction. Um, for those that are watching on YouTube, if you can hear her barking, let me know the minute and time. And, you know, I, I hope out, you know, the first First couple people, two or three people, I'm I'm gonna throw something your way, just uh, just you know, play play the little "When does my dog bark" game. But um, so what's Chris the dating doc up to nowadays? Um, I um, I'm updating our website. We're gonna have a very new website, merchandise, a uh, a very new e-course that I'm proud of, dating 101. It's gonna go through the foundations of dating. And both men and women are going to be able to benefit from it and we're revamping her matchmaking. Yes, we do matchmaking. But here's the interesting thing is that it requires dating 101 to be complete before you can even become a matchmaking client. I am no longer in the business of matching people that don't have it together. It doesn't mean professionally. It means mentally, socially communication wise, et cetera, et cetera. You don't have it going on yet. You haven't at least done some self-reflection and gone through some courses and some date coaching. You're not going to be a client that I'm going to proactively match that system. That's just facts. Without further ado, let's get into the podcast. So let's talk about the uh, business of online dating real quick, because it's important to kind of know the intricacies of what's happening and how online dating has become synonymous with dating overall. Um, You know, I go back to as early as 2009 when I moved to Austin from uh, getting out of the uh, service, and that's when I first joined Match. That time, Match, to me, seemed a lot more on the fringe. It was something different. And, um, there was a stigma on the use of online dating and me being naturally the counterculture type. I said, well, I'm going to dive in. I'm going to do something totally different, totally counterculture. And then, uh, be part of that small group. I had a great experience. My initial experience of match was, was fun. I remember moving to Austin around December and I would use match intermittently go on a date here and there. And by May, I was in a relationship. So I would say that was a win. Now, fast forward uh, about 11 years we're at right now. And even with the pandemic, online dating to me has taken this very inauthentic, um, dry plastic approach to connection. If you even wanna call it that nowadays, I think that the apps have been structured, to be tools of instant gratification and more of a metrics driver for the business. So before the pandemic, online dating was was weak. Uh, Online dating was not doing well. Um, It was one of those things where people were getting dating fatigue. Um, App downloads for top 15 apps was shrinking globally. Now the pandemic happened. Online dating was up 82% during early March and uh, Bumble who already had a, uh, FaceTime type feature. They saw a 26% increase in the number of messages sent on its platform. I noticed that when anything gets to anything that, that deals with the human connection, whether that's, uh, dating, Netflix, the news, Anything that's supposed to deal with uh, with, with, with more opinion based or complex complexities, such as dating. Once you once you monetize that to a point where metrics matter, then you take away the human aspect of it. That's what I feel is happening with these businesses. They, they are causing a dating fatigue that transcends into regular dating. You know, so um, another thing is uh, the video chatting is you can only do that so long. You know, if you meet someone off a Bumble, a Tinder, a Hinge, any of those apps, plenty of fish, the list goes on and you utilize the, the FaceTime or web conference feature, the novelty wears off quick if there's really no intent to meet in person especially if you're in the same city. I mean, you're literally able to see each other. In San Antonio, you can be somewhere at most 15 or 20 minutes if it's within the core of the city. So why would I use a video chat feature for weeks or months on end with someone that I'm trying to really get to know? I think realistically, people can assume the risk of the virus and see each other up at a coffee shop or just do something where they can they can see each other. I mean, you're going to want the physical touch once the mental connection is there again, especially if long distance is not involved. Now, this article that I'm reading from uh, CNBC on the, why the coronavirus might change dating forever. The way it's, it's structured, you know, talks about. Statistics like video chat pickups, engagement numbers, um, and obviously, you know, how many people join the app. And, And it brings me back to 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 how I felt things were marketed back in the days. I felt online dating was marketed to get off the app or in that time, get off the site to actually create relationships out of it. That's what the the branding And I think the mission and vision statement for a lot of these companies were back then they wanted you to meet someone granted their money was made off of subscribers. Totally understand that. Now you go on any kind of the, any kind of the popular swiping apps and you'll see at least, at least five features to be monetized. Anything from a super boost to also being able to see people in other cities Um, to continue swiping, you have to pay. If you, by mistake, swiped left on someone that you really wanted to swipe right on, there's a feature to go back. On top of that, there's also a feature to see who is already matched with you. So can you imagine when you're so bombarded with these options, it's going to create a very tired, a very basic dating culture. And I'm going to explain that culture in this next section. Now, online dating culture, even before the pandemic, even before March timeframe, when a lot of the quarantine or shelter in place, uh, guidelines started, it was at a point of, of oversaturation, not just oversaturation with the apps, but the users themselves to me, as I reviewed a lot of online dating profiles, I saw just, uh, I mean it, to me they seemed almost very basic and very similar. Obviously I was viewing a lot more of the uh, female profiles and um to me it just seemed like a glorified Instagram page. I did not see the push towards really truly wanting to connect as a collective. I didn't see that, you know, for for every one profile that would say hey, I'm looking for something serious. You'd have very wholesome photos. Uh, you'd have someone who actually fills out their profile and, and is creative and quirky. For every one fifth of those, the the rest of them, the other four fifths of profiles, were these very ego obsessed images, you know, almost posing as if you're some sort of model and um, either having hardly anything written on the content, you know, just no content at all. Or more like, again, clones of each other. I like to travel. I like wine. I like yoga, and some sort of popular Netflix show. And that, that was really it. A um, couple picture of cats. You know, a couple pictures of, of travel. The famous yoga pose photo, as well as the legs photos right if, if they're sitting somewhere during a vacation and i'm sure for the men profiles they're a lot the same i'm sure the the shirtless photo the hunting photo photo of um them drunk with their friends and you know i i, I wondered I, I took a step back and i wondered okay if i were to reverse reverse plan this reverse engineer dating one of these women, again, the four-fifths, because the one-fifth, the, the more authentic type, that's who I would go for. But, you know, the four-fifths, the, the instant gratification, follow me on my snap, follow me on my IG types. And I had a mental block. I cannot imagine myself dating a woman like this or even getting to the point of being interested in a woman like this and you know the the sad part of it is that they either will not find any interest in finding out who they truly are to be to be authentic on their online dating profile but they don't have any real interest in connecting as it is because again the digital dating apps have been structured in a way where more matches is plenty more exciting than having to spend time and energy talking to someone. So it's created this domino effect, this social disease, which has caused people not to even care about thinking about a response. For example, Bumble is an app that deals with a woman having to initiate the first conversation. They have to send the first message within 24 hours uh, once you've matched and then that forces the the male member to then have to respond within the next 24 hours or you lose your match so again it, it develops a sense of urgency and the advantage is that it gives a woman the power to respond or i should say to initiate that that first response to whoever they want to the first message and then um They can filter out a whole bunch of, you know, losers, but women on Bumble are also being, in my opinion, losers with their connection, communication style. Um, They'll simply just send an emoji or send a hi message. Uh, As a sapiosexual, as someone who gets turned on by intelligence, that does nothing for me. It does zero for me. And this is not to come off presumptuous, but if I'm going to spend my time on an app so I can with the goal of connecting with someone, I'm going to look for messages that are a lot more interesting and a lot more quirky and and something that references my profile. I mean, gosh, you know, like at least make the effort in getting on my profile and seeing, okay, what's this guy all about? Cool. I agree with that. Or that's pretty funny. Let me mention that in the first message. Instead of all that, we just simply get hi and hello. And just like when I coach my clients, there's an expected flow chart of the next messages. How's your day going? Cool. How's this app treating you? Awesome. I'm so tired of COVID, you know, and what do you do for a living? Um, And nothing wrong with some of these questions, but it's so expected. Whereas uh, the other side of it are those that are like, hey, I'm kind of tired of this online dating app. Figured we might as well just trade numbers with zero connection, zero chemistry, zero gasoline in the tank. If you want to look at it that way. So um, that's kind of where we're at with with online dating. And and it's going to take people to revolt against the system. The system uh, includes all Match Group Limited, it includes Bumble, and includes all the competitors that are in the business of just making money off of your swipes and your dull messages. Can we change this? I think we can, but it's gonna take people. So, figured it is only worthwhile for me to provide some recommendations, some solutions to this uh, online dating problem that we have, this collective online dating problem. First off, um, understand that you are going to interact with people if you're grocery shopping, if you're going to a coffee shop. There's going to be times when, yes, you're going to have your anxiety risen because of COVID-19. I totally understand that. You want to keep your friends, family, kids, co-workers safe. But with that said, we need to get back balancing the safety of, of what's going on. We need to get back to the natural, organic first impression of meeting someone. I was a big, big, big proponent of online dating. What I'm telling you right now is that I feel that online dating Needs to take second place, third place to meeting people naturally. We need to get back to that. Okay. The simplicity and dullness of online dating is killing us socially on top of what's happening with uh, the pandemic. So we need to be able to counter that. For example, if you go to a grocery store, be open, keep your, keep, you know, just Keep your eyes open. It doesn't mean you have to be on the make. It doesn't mean that while you're purchasing groceries, you're like, I'm going to find a guy here or I'm going to find a, a woman here. It doesn't have to be that mentality. But at the same time, don't shut it down. Don't be so overly guarded. You may see the same person twice and you've both made eye contact and maybe have smiled uh, beneath your mask, right? That third time... That's a time to approach each other. That's a time to uh, really have a conversation with each other. You're now somewhat familiar and guess what? You've met in the real world, doubtful that you're only going to say hi to each other that third time. Okay. It would be nice to uh, have a conversation, ask them, wow, you know, we must really have something in common that we're always here around the same time. My name's Jake. What's your name? cool awesome asking what do you do in that moment makes a lot more sense than the dull predictable uh, manner of online dating because then you get to find out okay cool what do they do so that way i can understand how they end up in the same space and time that i do and then you flow into conversation there is a lot more of a dopamine hit from connecting with someone in person and more than likely, since you've met in person in this kind of environment, you're more than likely going to assume the risk of wanting to see each other physically down the road, which again, solves the oxytocin issue, which that's a whole nother podcast that I can get into and in how we're neurotransmitter hungry and how online dating has has perversed that a little bit. That's a whole nother podcast. So that's an example is to uh, go out and meet people out in the real world. The second one is just go through an entire digital detox when it comes to the digital dating apps. If if you've downloaded four of them, get rid of two. And for those two, set a timer. Set a timer on your phone to say you're only going to be on it for 10 minutes, for 15 minutes, for an hour at most. Set a timer so you're not endlessly swiping and messaging. What ends up happening is you go from wanting to truly connect with someone and hopefully find a date you know it's Tuesday and you're trying to land a date for Saturday and what you've ended up doing is you've distracted yourself from other things that need to get done you have become just as dull and boring as the people you complain about and then you're left with zero interest and energy and actually wanting to connect and find a date for Saturday or Sunday since people are creating, they're, they're creating this domino effect, this social disease of not caring online. We need to be good ambassadors to say, "Hey, um, not really a fan of online dating because most people don't have conversations nowadays. We we just we we stick to these simple responses, these expected responses. If you can say that to another person." and it's not a direct attack it can force them to to reflect a little bit and say you know what i agree and maybe they were a person that was dull boring burned out and basic and then all of a sudden now they have decided you know what i'm gonna pave my new path of being interesting of actually engaging in a conversation and if they could spread the same message then i think we could counter this We're in an age that loves to protest nowadays. I think this could be a perfect counter to what's going on. We need to protest the killing of social connection that's been created from digital dating apps. You might think it's asinine that I'm bringing this up, but ask any of your friends. Ask them their opinion of of online dating. They'll tell you overall what they think of online dating. So for, for me to go on record and say that I think that online dating no longer should be the primary way of meeting others, I truly believe it. This does not mean go to bars and nightclubs and, and no, there's plenty of ways. From dog parks, from um, if you go to church, that's a way to do it. Coffee shops, hiking on a, on a, on a trail somewhere. Plenty of ways for you to meet someone naturally. If you're part of a gym, you can meet them there. So, and I get it. I understand. Someone might be listening and saying, Hey, does this guy understand we have a pandemic going on? I truly do. But I would rather you stay away from the digital dating apps and that one hour at the grocery store. You just get used to being back in a social setting. Even if you're by yourself, even if you don't talk to someone but we need to get back to meeting people organically. If not, then we're really gonna be in bad shape for the next couple of years.